Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place South Tampa campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. When I got to hear his voice, and then I read the word, I'm like, oh my God, there's so many treasures here. The same guy that thought God hated him all of a sudden became in love with the Bible. The guy that was like, mm, you better not trust that. All of a sudden, I hear his word. I'm like, oh, my God, the Lord says. Look, the Lord says. And all of a sudden, it was beauty. And I'm like, oh, you're so good. Now I get it. And I've never heard anybody ever speak about the tone of God. The second time I went to the resting place, which was the very first time I heard Caleb preach, and he said it from the altar. I was on the second row at DRP Tampa. And he says, because you need to know the tone of God. I was like, oh, my God. I literally, in front of everybody, I shouted. Because I've never heard any human being say those words. Not my father, not my mother, not my old pastors. Nobody ever spoke about the voice of God. They always spoke about the written word. But they never wrote, spoke about the spoken word. It's like if you read a poem and you read it, lit, you read it or you take a song and you keep it monotone, you're not pulling the meaning out of that song. You're not pulling the meaning out of that poem. But when you read it, the way he speaks, I don't know if you ever heard him speak, but I heard him speak. And it's like, no way. Like, when God speaks, he creates, I promise. I was stood before him, and he spoke, and everything was happening around him. And I'm like, what is this? How do you even do that? How do you speak? Like, we heard it, right? Like, we read it, but we don't get it. Until you encounter him, and then he speaks, let there be light, and the light goes on. And you're like, what? It's almost like the clap on. <laughs> like, he speaks, it just happens. I promise. I, I will be taken into the glory. He's like, and the birds sing. And there was nothing singing. And all of a sudden, the birds began to sing. And I'm like, what? The flowers bloom, and all the flowers bloomed. I'm like, what? And he said, be gone, trees. And the trees went away. And I'm like, what? No. I'm telling you, it's something out of this world. But I began to understand his voice. So as I understood his voice, it ministered to me, really brought the meaning of the word, the real meaning of the songs, the real meaning of preachers. You might, I might look at a preacher, he's preaching all grumpy, but in my head, I hear him lovely, <laughs> you know. I'm like, oh, good word. And they're like, what? I'm like, oh, you don't get it. <laughs> I'm not listening to him. I'm listening to him. I could literally listen to him through any angry preacher. I block the preacher and I listen to the voice of God. I'm like, oh, no, but listen to what he's saying. Not the earthly stuff, but when I listen to the scripture he's quoting, and then I already know God's voice. I'm like, <laughs> they're like, why are you laughing? That was really mean. I was like, no, because you didn't hear him say it. You heard him say it. I'm listening to him say it. It's real. It sounds like a riddle, I know, but it's not. You know, the son is like, what? <laughs> You'll get there. Don't worry. We all will. Anyways, all that to say, check out Jesus' life. Because I began to understand prophecy. I began to understand identity. Like, these are things that people preached years ago, and I was like, what are they talking about? But they made it earthly. I, you, you see, until I don't discover my kingdom identity, I can't even talk to you about kingdom identity. Because I thought kingdom identity was rules. I have pastors back in the day. Well, these are the kingdom. These are the kingdom. I'm the pastor. I'm the prophet. Buy me a jacket. Get me some shoes. 
Anoint the prophet of the Lord. Bless the prophet of the Lord and you'll be blessed. That's where I come from. So you have to buy some shoes to get some anointing. You have to get him a jacket. I had a, I had a preacher telling me, you need to wipe the sweat off my forehead. And that guy was like, don't you dare. Don't you dare. I was like, nope. Oh, and I would get shamed from pulpits. I would get shamed from altar. You need to show the church that you're connected to the vision. I'm like, but I am connected to the vision. The vision says give water to the thirsty world. I'm the only, the only person in this church going out to the streets to preach. Well, not that vision. Then what vision? The one that's not up there? And all of a sudden, you need to catch my jacket when I throw the jacket. Oh, hell no, I won't. God said, don't you dare try to catch another man's jacket. And one Sunday, they tried me. They tried me. In front of the whole church, I was sitting by the altar. He takes off his jacket. You know, you ever seen those bumped up preachers? He took off his jacket and he went. It was coming at me in slow motion. It was like the bionic man. Remember in the 80s? Like, nee, 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 nee. and I'm just like, and the whole church is like, and I'm like, oh, no, hell no, you didn't. <laughs> and that's, I'm t I, was, I was on the side of the church. I looked at the whole church. I was mad. I picked it up from the floor and threw it on the chair. Because we had a conversation before that. And I told him I was never going to wipe his sweat. I was never going to catch his jacket. And on a Sunday service, he threw his jacket right at me. And God said, don't you dare. Don't you dare want another man's jacket. Don't you dare want another man's anointing. Don't you dare want another man's gift. And I went through hell, but I'm glad I did. I was persecuted shame, so I carried all that. And Jesus brought me to the resting place to heal my heart. And let me tell you, I'm still healing. I'm in a healing and deliverance school. I said years ago, <laughs> I literally backslid on purpose. I was in Bible school. You know, some people like I backslid, like they, they, like they were just walking and there was a banana peeled and they just slipped. <laughs> oh, I backslid. No, you didn't. You chose to sin. Let's say this right. Let's stop making excuses. You don't drift into sin. You jumped into it because you liked it. I liked it. Let's keep it real. If you keep it real, God can keep it real. If you keep it real, God can heal you. Oh, I don't need healing. Then be gone. Bring the sick. We're all sick. We've all been broken. So he's calling us in to heal us, to restore us, to renew us. But if you want to be so prideful, then he can't do nothing. And I backslid intentionally, and not, I didn't fall into sin. I was Sick and tired of the hypocrisy I saw in the church. And I said, I will not be part of this. I cannot represent this. And I walked away in 2008. I was done. I didn't want to be part of that. And I said, I'll never go back to church. Lies. I said, I'll never go back to Bible school. I will never. Okay. Then I get to Jesus. I have a Jesus encounter. I mean, when Jesus took me to heaven... I remember he told me I was going to come back to earth, and I was so happy at his feet. I just want to stay there. Put that drawing again. That's me. <laughs> I'm a grown man. 
But I'm telling you, I've been to heaven, and if you read the Bible, we are his radiant ones. And we'll be like him. His face shines. So will our faces. He's put, this is you guys. Do you not see the circle here? <laughs> I put it on because he's singing in the Father's house. I'm like, oh, it's what I drew. And I literally was here. I could see him really big here in the middle. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's now. And it was us. And that's why I wanted to throw it up there. But when Jesus took me to heaven, I was at his feet. You see, he is high and lifted up. And the train of his rope fills the temple. We are the temple. He covers, his, he covers us with his wings. He, he's the shining morning star that radiates over us. We follow him, his word, his word. He's the word. He's the lamp unto our feet. He's the light unto our path. He goes before us. Even earlier, he showed me his feet burn like bronze. And that's why his footprints, we follow them. But we don't see in the spirit, so we don't understand. And years ago, you think I could show this in one of those old churches? They're going to be like, you crazy. Why are you smoking? That's what they say. Yeah, you know, you're in a wonder world. I was like, okay, when do you get to heaven and you see the beauty? It's better than my art, but I think he called me. He told me I was going to be an artist. I don't know, but I think I'm pretty good at it. You know, I get little robes of righteousness, glowing in glory. <laughs> That's what I do. I was doing that last night. I was in my room. All the visions I saw at Glory Soaking. And on Friday, I, just, I was in my room drawing them. I'm just like, he, when he took me to heaven, he told me I was going to draw. But anyways, when he had me in a green field like this, it was just me and Jesus. And the earth was like over there. I could see earth. And he told me, hey, Abraham. He doesn't call me Abraham. He calls me Abraham. So when you get to heaven, get used to it. My name is Abraham. You'll call me that. Watch. Or Heaven Catcher. Heaven Catcher is my, my new name. <laughs> you think I'm playing? I'm not playing. I've met people that have their heavenly names. I'm like, really? You have one too? This is wild. He called me Heaven Catcher because I go to heaven. I catch heaven and I bring it to earth. That's my gifting. I go to heaven. I see a heavenly vision. And I'm, you think I'm prophesying to you, but I'm only bringing your kingdom identity so you can start living the way he called you to live. So you could be who he called you to be because you're not broken, you're healed. You're not last, you're first. You are a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation. You are a holy nation. And you've been called from darkness into marvelous light. So you can announce the virtues of the one that saved you. The one that healed you. The one that restored you. The one that picks you up and has you in the palm of his hand. And nothing and no one will snatch you away. Go read your Bible. Gonna be like, what? What is there? What he's drawing is there. I'm like, yes, I can't wait. I can't wait. We all gonna be so happy, joyful, and full of glory, unspeakable. Can't describe it on earth because it's too beautiful. But I think artists get it. Anyways, I was at his feet. He tells me I'm gonna go back to earth. I didn't want to go back to earth. It's like, no, why? I made it. He goes, no, you didn't make it. What a disappointment. <laughs> you have no idea. People are like, oh, I wish I could go to heaven. You wish you could go to heaven, but when you're in heaven, you're not going to want to come back. And you don't know the heartbreak you experience when he pushes you back down. I don't think there's one person that's like, yes, I'll go. <laughs> no. You're like, no. Leave me here with you. I was like, you need me. I remember he was so big, and I was like, you need me here. He was like, why do I need you here? You need me here because you need me to praise you. And he goes, 
Everybody here praises me. But you need my praise. And he's like, no, you're just trying to stay here, but you're going to go back. I was crying. It sounds funny now, but I was weeping. I was, I was a two-year-old tantrum. Two-year-old. You know, my head don't let me. There. I was weeping. I was upset at him. And he told me, you're going to go. I was in churches. He said, you're going to go to churches. You're going to go to earth. You're going to preach them. And then I looked at earth. I'm like, I'll go to the streets. This is why I love the streets. He showed me this years ago. I was like, okay, I'll go to earth, but I'm only going to go to the streets. And then I could see the church on that side of earth. It was like the, the world, like the earthly, secular people. And then you could see the church people. And I was like, I'll go to the world. And I'll preach to the, to, to the, one, the unbelievers. And he goes, I was like, I'm not going to go to the church. He's like, I need you to go to the church too. I was like, they're mean. They're so mean. I don't want to go there. He goes, just go and tell them my people too. And I'm like, Lord. I was like, okay, I'll be outside. I'll go to the church. I'll drop the bomb and I'll run. He's like, do it however you want. <laughs> he's like, just do it. I got stuck. <laughs> he knew he was calling me. Years later, he's like, you know I called you to lead the church, right? I'm like. I understand Moses. <laughs> I'm like, poor Moses. I'm going I'm to give Moses the biggest hug when I get to heaven. I was like, you weren't angry. They made you angry. <laughs> he was coming from the glory. His face was shining, the Bible says. He was up in the glory. He's like, guys, I got commandments from heaven. What? <laughs> like, think about it. He's coming happy from the glory of God. You don't go to the glory of God and not be happy. In his presence, there is fullness of joy and pleasures at his right. You know how happy Moses was? He's probably singing zippity doo down the mountain like zippity doo And then he sees the treachery of the very people that God was delivering and setting free. And now they got golden cows and idols and orgies and sins everywhere. Who's the mama? Who's the daddy up in here? What you going to do you get home? And you open the door and your kids are having an orgy and idols in your house. Uh, even, huh, I said it on this altar before. I was like, don't you even dare. <laughs> if I ever walked, I said it before. I was like, if I walk through the doors of this church and they're praising some idol up in here, you better. Look, you see this door right here? Unlock it and run and never come back. Because I don't know what might happen. I might not enter the promised land. I'll go to heaven, <laughs> but I might not finish ministry here. <laughs> Woo, Jesus Christ. <laughs> no. Let's be real. You get to church and they're trying to raise up an altar when God gave this house for his glory, for his honor. We ain't going to let nobody lift up no fake idol up in here. I love all people, but in the house of the Lord, we will bring correction. And it sounds scary. I'm just saying, daddy gave me this. Daddy made this for us to worship. We were a people that were not loved. We were a people that didn't have a place to worship. And he gave us a home so we could worship him. How will we even dare consider singing to another? How will we even dare worship another? And there's no shame in that. I'm just saying. He delivered me. He healed me. If I'm not going to give him glory, if I'm not going to give him praise, if I'm not going to lift up his name, then I might as well walk away. But he gave me a house. And me and my house, here, you guys are my house. I don't, I don't even know this. Right now, you're my house. You're my house. You, this is my house. We will magnify the Lord. Oh, come with me and let's magnify the Lord together. Hey, 
Amen? All that for Jesus' lap. Jesus. <laughs> That's just the Jesus' lap promo. But anyways, I thought I was crazy. I, I, I was ashamed. I spent years. I have, if you come to my house, you're going to be there for a few hours. But I'm going to bring you to my room. And I'm going to show you my collection of journals for years. I was encountering God and I just draw. And I would write. But I had nobody to share it with. Because the lies, the accusations, the shame, just, I'll keep it to myself, Dan. Because I love it that much. And I began to love in the treasure, the presence of God so much alone that he's like, you're ready to be a pastor. You love my presence. You're going to lead people. When we're here worshiping and we were singing in the Father's house, I mean, I didn't even know you guys were going to sing that. And we were talking about the Father's house right before. I was like, whoa, we're here. I'm a seer, guys. I'm a seer. I could draw this gathering earlier. I could draw it. I could bring a whole display. I was like, this is what was happening. You didn't see it, but I saw it all. And I'm like, Lord, come on. One day your eyes are all going to pop open. I'll be like, wake. He woke up. Yes. You're like, I'm going to preach. I see the word now. The word is beautiful. The word is hopeful. And people just want to talk about sin, but Jesus has preached the good news of the gospel. Just, I talk about sin. I confront sin. But I, I, I'm giving him glory because if I talk about my depression, my sadness, and all of that that I went through and stay there, what do I do? Paul said, I boast in my weakness. But why will he boast in his weakness? Because in his weakness, God became strength. God came into his brokenness. Now, people that go, I'm so good. I'm so perfect. I got this. I got that. I, 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 I. He says, not, that's pride. But when you both testify, yeah, I was a sinner. I messed up. But now let me tell you how he met me. So you see, I'm not giving permission to stay there. I'm like calling you out of that place. I'm in the light. I'm like, guys, I go out. I preach in the streets. I preach to the LGBT community. I preach to so all, all people. I preach to the church. And I preach to the streets. What's the difference? Nothing. I'm preaching. I'm bringing Jesus here. I'm bringing Jesus there. I'm bringing Jesus everywhere. That's what you do. And then you're drawing them from darkness into marvelous light. There's people sitting here going through issues and bondages that God is breaking. And even through these words of kindness, you're like, he's not going to beat me? No, he's not going to beat you. The chastisement of your peace went upon him. The punishment of your peace went upon him. Why will he take your punishment and then punish you? By his stripes, you are healed. He took a beating for you. So why will he beat you now? If God gave the best gift, Romans chapter 8, God gave the best gift. Jesus Christ is the best gift. Then what else wouldn't he give you? We're also focused on all these other, I want a husband, I want a car, I want a business, I want this, I want that, I want a ministry. I want a, and we still don't go, hold up. You already gave me the best gift. You gave me your beloved son. He who knew no sin became sin. He didn't take sin. The Bible says he became sin. Think about that. He became the very thing that separated you from God. Because the only thing that could separate you from God was sin, supposedly. But yet the son comes and becomes the thing that was holding you back. So you could become the thing that he is. For he who knew no sin became sin, so you might, doesn't say so you would know the righteousness of God. It says so you would become the righteousness of God. I don't know, but I see a season of transformation. I see a season of becoming righteousness.
That, oof. One of the king you know is like, I'll die for the peasant so the peasant could become a child. Mm, that's how good he is. I never knew this. I was raised in church. Let me tell you, I was raised in church. Laws, laws, laws. And then after I messed up, I was dirty. I was like deep down in the lowest pit. He was like digging in there. Like, let's go to the crevices of hell and pull out Abraham. And I'm all like muddy. And he pulled me out. He's like, let's wash you in blood. Let's refine you in the fire. Ah, it burns. Good. You think I'm playing? Why do you think... Why do you think I drew this <laughs> years ago before I was a pastor? Because I was bored? You think I was bored? No, that's the refiner's fire. Burn me lovely. Burn me beautiful. Burn me holy. Do you know what you're singing? So, yeah, you're going through a hard situation, but you're about to see the glory. Because the fire is getting to the crevices of your being refining you as a pure diamond. You know what a diamond is before it's refined? It's a coal in a cave. It's a piece of rock. That's what a diamond is. But with enough pressure, pressure, enough fire, enough purging and enough refining, that coal, that black little coal, becomes a translucent, shining diamond. Why do you think you're going through the trial? Why do you think you're going through so many shifts and changes? Because he's just chipping away. He's chipping away. He said, my word is a double-edged sword. And he says, the word of a pastor is like a hammer. Knife, hammer. Ding, 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 ding. Sounds like a chisel. Maybe God's just chiseling some things that don't belong. Maybe God's removing people that are not supposed to be there. Maybe God's removing the anger, ding, 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 the bitterness, ding, 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 the sorrow, ding, 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 depression, ding, 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 ding. just so you could be who you always were. I'm telling you, his work, it's really real. And it's like deep, right? It's like story time, but is it story time? Am I preaching? I don't know. That was not even my sermon. <laughs> I just like, doo, 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 doo. I feel like I'm just skipping through glory. See what I find? Here's some treasures. <laughs> It's amazing how that happens. <laughs> like, like, you think I'm talking, but I'm skipping in gardens. I don't know. <laughs> it just, it just like, I feel like I leave away. I'm talking. I know that I'm talking, and then I'm just like, let's go on a walk, Lord. <laughs> and I feel like I'm talking with him, but I'm talking to you guys at the same exact time. It's wonderful. I just pray that every person experiences this. I promise you. It's just, but he's going to do it differently with you, so you don't need to want it the way that he does it with me. You need to just want it. Stop. Praise God. Praise God for that preacher and praise God for that preacher. And read the books about all the revivalists. Read the books about all the evangelists. Read the Bible. These were all evangelists, men and women of God, prophets and apostles and pastors, people that were rejected and yet God accepted, people that were despised and yet got loved. And he raised every single one of them to set examples for you. So, and guess what he's trying to do with you? He's trying to set you as an example for the next generation that's coming. That's what our God does. That's who he is. He's really good at that. I'm telling you, you are his masterpiece. You are his poetry. You are his melody. You are his song. He's working you out. All the details are coming together. All things are working out for good for those that love the Lord and are walking according to his purposes. You just follow. He'll lead you. 
You don't have to make a way. The way has been made. Just follow the footprints. Follow the footprints of Jesus. And you'll see, you're like, whoa, it's easier. It's so much easier. I used to get into arguments with people all the time. I'm like, I honor you. If you're not going to argue, I honor you. You have, you have freedom to think whatever you want. Bye. Why am I going to be mad at you? Because you haven't had revelation like I had a G- revelation of Jesus. I can't be mad at nobody in this room if you go, Abraham's crazy. He's drawing all those colorful pictures. He's making Jesus all about Disney. <laughs> I'm like, you don't have revelation. Sorry. There's nothing to argue about. That's like a college graduate arguing with a five-year-old. Why? You'll get there. You will catch up. And you're going to see the marvelous wonders of God. There's angels. There's miracles. There's signs and wonders. There's gifts of healings. There's gifts of miracles. God will stop time and you don't even know. One time I was going through a persecution. I was being humiliated in front of the whole congregation. I was ready to go right at it. I was going to go at it. And time stopped. And God spoke. In the room, God spoke. And everybody froze. And God said, trust me, this is a test. I was like, <laughs> and I raised my hands, and they chopped me up like liver in front of the whole congregation. Humiliated me. But time stopped, and God said, be still. Don't trust me. It's a test. And they shredded me to pieces. But then the redemption of the Lord came because I needed to go through a process. People are like, oh, well, well, he didn't argue back. Why he didn't? And, oh, he says time stop. Well, we didn't see time stop. And I'm like, idiots. I said idiots. I said, idiots, time stop. And you stop with it. And God spoke. And then everything continued. And you humiliated me. And you know what? I didn't punch you in the face. Because God said to trust them. So you thought you won. But God began to do surgery in my heart. And it was 10 years, 10 years later from that day of humiliation, God spoke to me. I walked out of that church. I said, I'll never walk in here again. I wasn't created to be a masochist. I was created to be a worshiper. I looked at a pastor in the face and said that. And I said, and I'm not mad. I'm glad. The joy of the Lord hit me as I was walking out of that church. I started laughing. Well, that's mean. That's mean I'm laughing. Everything you did wasn't mean, but because I'm laughing, I feel joke, I feel God. I'm like, free, let's go. But 10 years later, the Lord spoke to me. And he said, he took me to heaven, and he showed that same pastor, that same person that humiliated me. I wasn't ready to see the truth 10 years before. I wasn't ready to see the truth. I wasn't even that hungry. Are you really hungry to see the truth? Are you really sure you want to see the truth? Because the truth might mess you up. If you're not ready to see the truth, the truth might make you mad with God. But it took 10 years of trials and tribulations for God to begin to heal my heart. And that year, God showed me in heaven with that pastor that humiliated me. And he was my best friend in heaven. And we were hugging. And we were praising the Lord together. And then we fell from a mountain. And the bigger the mountain, as the mountain got wider, we fell more and more apart. And we were both broken, shredded to pieces at the base of that mountain. And I jumped out of bed so scared because I saw myself so broken. And he was so broken. And I was like, what was that dream? And the voice of the Lord came in my room. 
And he said, when you were here, you used to be best friends. What? But when you fell down there, you became the worst of enemies. Who says that? Who thinks that? I never thought that before. I never thought that the person that wounded me in heaven was my friend. He says, here you were best friends, but there you became worst of enemies. And then the Lord says, I revealed this glory to you. Will you go? And I got out of my bed and I said, I will go. And he says, I'm going to prepare you and I'm going to give you a specific date. And you're going to walk back into that church. And you're going to tell him how much you love him. And God had to prepare me. I was nervous. I was like, they're going to kill me. They're going to stone me if I go there. You know what I did? The day came, January 3rd, 2016, that Sunday. That was a Sunday. Look at the calendar. You see that day was a Sunday. And I knew the day before. I called my sister. I was like, Diana, I'm going to do something crazy, and you need to come with me. I might get killed, but at least you'll be my witness. I don't know what's going to happen, but God told me to do something crazy. She said, what you got to do? I told her, I got to go back to that church after 10 years, and I got to go give him a hug, and I got to tell him I love him. She said, oh, my God, we both going to get killed. <laughs> but we trust God. You trust God. I trust God. You trust God. I trust God. Let's go together. We go together trusting. And I picked up my sister. We drove over there. I'm like, and they're preaching, and the pastor got the mic. And he saw me in the back. He goes, the same pastor that 10 years ago before humiliated me, sees me. And he goes, Abraham, you're such a blessing of God. It was like he knew. And the Lord says, the same way I've been preparing you, I've been preparing him. Because it's a season of reconciliation. a season of restoration. It's a season of healing. And then God told me to tell him three things. God said, you're going to tell him you love him. You're going to tell him you're sorry. And then you're going to tell him thank you. Got to the church. I went up to him. He's like, you could just see the shame. You know that the people that hurt you are being tormented by the devil? You know the people that gossiped about you are being tormented at night and the devil shows up and accuses them? The people that betrayed you are also being accused. You're not the only one that's in your room going, oh, my God, why did I do that? Because if you knew the devil, you wouldn't realize something. The devil doesn't only hate you. The devil hates humanity. The devil hates your brothers and sisters. And you might look at a person and think that's your enemy. That's your brother. That's your sister. And God wants to use you to save them. God wants to use you to heal them. God wants to use you to restore them. Look, it's closed. This is what's just coming from heaven right now. And I went up to him and you saw the, the shame. You ever seen somebody look at you with shame? And they're like, yeah, hey, hey nice seeing you. They can't look at you in the eyes because they're full of shame. Remember when you looked at Jesus with shame and he lifted up your head and he looked at you with mercy and he looked at you with kindness. He said, it's okay. I forgive you. Remember that? He wants us to multiply forgiveness on the face of the earth. Everybody's talking about anointing. Everybody's talking about revival. Everybody's talking about miracles, signs, and wonders. But how many people talking about forgiveness? And yet it's the most, I mean, miracles are beautiful. Signs, speaking in tongues. Yeah, I love speaking in tongues. You don't know. And that wasn't fake right now either. <laughs> 
I speak in tongues. I speak prophetically. I love to prophesy. But you know what's the most beautiful thing? Forgiveness. Forgiveness reveals the fullness of the heart of God. It's something that it's unimaginable, unexplainable, the details to forgiveness. And I could see him just trying to talk to me like, yeah, it's good to see you. He's like, no, no, like, look at me. I need to tell you something. I love you. He's like, yeah, I love you too. I could just, rem- I could just imagine, I was going to say remember, but I imagine Peter, when Peter denied Jesus three times. And Jesus calls, where's Peter? I want Peter. You know how beautiful Jesus is? He, Jesus, I mean, they're like John, the beloved, the one that Jesus loved the most. But who Jesus wasn't looking for? He wasn't like, hey, where's John? Hey, where's John? I need to talk to John. He comes out. He's like, where's Peter? Find me, Peter. I don't know, but that sounds like love to me, John. You know, John called himself the most beloved. <laughs> he called himself that. He accepted it. He's going to take ownership. I'm the most beloved, if you don't know. And you might sit there and be like, I'm going to be like Abraham because Abraham got so much favor. No, I believe his favor. You don't. I believe I'm beloved. You don't believe you're beloved. But the moment you know you're beloved, he has so many brides to be. I'm not jealous of any of them. Look at all of them, how beautiful they are. All the brides to be. And yet we all get him. We all get him. When he says hug time, we all huddle. <laughs> I don't care if I'm on his back. I'm touching him. <laughs> like, he's like, he touches all of us. <laughs> I'm telling you, he does. We all get a space. Look how big he is. We all going to climb up his robe. Yay, let's go. Race you to the top. <laughs> I know. I can't help it. I try to keep wild Abraham in. <laughs> he just—he likes popping out. He's like, yeah, let's go. There's so much joy in the Lord. Anyways, let's go back to forgiveness. But you see, I, I see what's happening. The sweetness is like the little anesthesia. So I could give you the injection. <laughs> you make it sweet, you giggle it a little bit. Now let's go back to forgiveness. <laughs> We're just allowing, the, the joy allows you to swallow the pill whole. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't stop myself. <laughs> Been up. Welcome. <laughs> Jesus Christ. There's an elevator by each of you. Just, just get on. <laughs> just get on. Let the joy fill you up. You'll bubble up right into joy. Hallelujah. Well, I'm trying to remember where I was at. I, I, look, I keep looking at the picture. I just go back to that. I have a mission on earth. Talk to them about forgiveness. <laughs> Anyways, that pastor was just so ashamed. So I told him I loved him. And then I said, I'm sorry. And he, like, he took a double glance at me. He's like, Sorry. And I was like, yeah, yeah, you know, no, we're supposed to, we're sorry. Confession. Forgiveness comes before repentance. The, you're waiting for the people that hurt you to come. You're waiting for them just to have a revelation. So you're waiting for them to show up. Oh, they're going to go. They're going to come. 
No, they're not. You're going to go. For how will they know if someone doesn't tell them? And how will they preach if somebody doesn't send them? I'm sending you right now. Go to your enemy. It's time. You want to experience heaven. You think I just get to see this beauty just because? Mm -mm. You let go of the pain, and he brings the healing. You let go of more pain, and you get more healing. And all of a sudden, you're walking on the clouds. And you're all, let it all go. Come on. Zeke. All of a sudden, you want to go to healing and deliverance. People that don't want to be set free, they're like, what? Healing and deliverance? And I ain't going that way. And I'm like, first and like, I'll pay for it. Let's go. Like, I'm going to pay for class. As a matter of fact, the church is helping me do that. And I get to go to school because I want to be healed and delivered. I went to Jesus' lab because I wanted to be healed and delivered. I want to step into my destiny. I want to hear stories. I'm not carbon copying them. I'm learning from everybody. You know, every single one of you in this room has an experience with God. What would happen if every single one of us in this room got bold enough to grab this mic and testify one lesson, one lesson. If we went around the room right now and I just go, give me one lesson God gave you. Give me one lesson God gave you. We could write a book. Because I promise you, it will transform the world. Even the ones here that think you know nothing, you got a lesson that you already learned from God. One, even if it's just one. Amazing. So I want more healing. I want more. I want, I'm, I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good. You don't taste one time and, oh, it's good. I'm not going to keep eating it. No, when you taste something that's good, what happens? You want more. You want more. There's no, a lot of people's like, well, I tasted a little bit of God and I'm perfectly fine. No, you're not. Then you didn't taste. You didn't indulge. You swallowed it. You didn't even taste it. You're like my dog. I give him a piece of something. He just swallows it. And I look at him and I go, peanut. Why didn't you even taste it? You just go, give me more. Bro, taste it. Like, savor it. Too many people are taking the word of God and they're just swallowing it. But they're not savoring it. They're not meditating it. God wants you to indulge in his word and his promises. Then all of us, you're like, wait, I think I just had a vision of something. Let me go back. Let me stop praying for a moment because I, I think I just saw something. It's crazy. When you start meditating the goodness of God, it just opens your spirit realm. And then you're like, whoop. What was that? Like, you never spoke in tongues and the blah, 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 blah comes out for the first time. You're like, oh, my God, I'm alone. Why did I do that? Was it me? Was it others? And you're just like, start going through this battle. Right? You ever, ever experienced that? I remember the first time I spoke in tongues by myself. I was like, I never dare. I thought you could only speak tongues in church, in a revived service, and they're singing fire, 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 fire. And then you get the Holy Ghost. And then one day I was in church, and I was like, Bleh. I was like, what just happened to me? You know? And God was like, I'm trying to touch you at home. I was like, I'm scared to go home. I would be scared to go in my apartment because I felt like the Holy Spirit would just start shaking it. Oh, the first time I heard God, I was in my apartment. It was in 2001. 2001, 2002, I had my own apartment. And I was reading this book called The God Chasers. So I kept praying for the glory. Oh, Lord, let me be like Moses. Let me go to the mountaintop. I want to hear your voice. And one day he was like, Abraham. I was like, ah! I was like, yo, I got so scared. Now I'm like, hey, talk to me. I'm here. Talk to me. Hey, I'm waiting. Now I'm like, hey, I want to talk. I want to talk, Lord. Let's talk. Every day I go to bed. I'm like, ooh, can I have a heaven dream? I sit in bed, and I'm like, oh, please, just take me to heaven. Like, you know, like that one time you took me here. Oh, and the other time you took me there. Come on. <laughs> I'm just like, I want to go. I want to have more. Because this is what happens when you experience him. It's just more, it's rivers, and it's unending. So let's go back to this preacher. Then, um, so this preacher, I told him, 
sorry. And he repents because he, he literally confessed. He goes, no, we're supposed to tell you sorry. So he repents. And then I go, thank you. God told me to say thank you. He was like, thank you for what? And I go, let me tell you the parable that Jesus gave me. So one time there was a toolbox. And in this toolbox there was a nail. And there was a hammer. And they were friends in the toolbox. And they lived so perfectly fine in their toolbox. But one day the nail starts looking through the hole. The keyhole of the toolbox. It has a keyhole. So he's looking out there and he sees these hands creating and he sees these hands transforming things and everything the hands touch was transformed so the nails inside the toolbox like hey use me i want to experience your touch i want your glory i want your transformation power so one day the hands come and open the toolbox and the hands grab the nail but the hand the other hand ends up grabbing the hammer and, and the nail is just like amazed at the face, amazed at the hands that's holding the nail. And then the, the hand comes and puts the nail against the wall and takes the hammer and starts pounding that nail. The nail takes its focus off the face, takes its focus off the hands and starts looking at the hammer. Why are you striking me? Why are you hurting me? Why are you beating me? Why are you rejecting me? I thought we were friends, and all of a sudden, you're beating me. And then the hammer was gone. And then it's just the nail all beat up, all banged up in its head, all wounded, kind of crooked. And yet the hands come and put this beautiful picture of the king on it. And then she's happy again. Oh, I get to kiss his face. I get to hold his face up. No one can see me no more. They only see his face. And the pastor's looking at me like, where are you going with this story? I was like, the Lord told me that I was the nail. That all those years when I was home praying, reading my Holy Spirit books, my revival books, I want to be touched by God. Oh, Lord, touch me. Oh, Lord, use me. He said, when you started crying out, you became a nail. And my blood got on you. You know what was the first thing that got blood on it on the cross? The nails. The nails pierced him first, but blood was on them. He goes, you wanted my glory. You wanted my might. You wanted to see me, so you were the nail. And he goes, that pastor that hurt you, he goes, I needed a hammer. I needed people. I needed vessels to drive you to your destiny. The rejection, the criticism. The persecution, the abandonment, the curses, they drove me to my knees. They hurt so much that I wept before God, that I turned to God, help me. But I cried. And the Lord says, and I said in my word, Jeremiah 33, 3, cry out to me. And I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. He goes, those people that hurt you drove you to see my glory. You see my face because I needed somebody to make you cry. I needed some tears to come out of your being because tears move me.
tears carry a message that man cannot understand. And I was like, you did a great job as a hammer. He was like, what? You're crazy. He just looked at me. But you know, he had this smile on his face. And he was so refreshed. I'm like, you did a good job as a hammer. It's not validating all the good actions. I needed a hammer. So I could see his glory. You did a good job. Man, that man threw himself in my arms. It was healing him. I got to heal my enemy. The very person that broke my heart, I got to heal. And then God said, now you're going to go to the old pastor that hurt you. I'm like, let's go. Because this is glory. And I started looking for the older pastor. And then God said, and you're going to forgive your molester. And God healed my molester from cancer. And God said, you're going to forgive your mother for abandoning you. And God restored our relationship. And little by little, as I've been walking in this path of forgiveness, I guess I'll call this preaching the path of forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for the title. Healing began. Healing began. Healing began. People didn't know my story. You just got to go to my YouTube channel, and you'll see for years I've been preaching on forgiveness. But people didn't know who I was. I was just posting videos on my YouTube, and nobody was watching them. But they were prepared for such a time as this, because now people could go and be like, oh, you know that preacher? He had videos from a long time ago. Go watch them, and you'll see that when God was giving me the revelation, 2015, 2016, I was going online, and I was preaching about it. I didn't have an audience, but I still put it up for such a time as this. There's things that you have. There's treasures of God in your life to heal your enemies, to heal the people that hurt you. They're going to sit. There was one time this girl, we had some trifling situations back in the past, and he's seen her for years, like seven years. I go to a baby shower. I got invited to a baby shower, and I had a feeling she'll be there. And I was like, I don't want to go. God's like, it's time for them to experience forgiveness. So when I go, I see her. I go down the stairs. Guess who's the person that opens the door to the baby shower? The girl. I looked at her. She looked at me. And I go, hey, I'm sorry. She ran to my arm. We used to be friends. She ran to my arm. She starts weeping. The whole baby shower, we were at the table. And she just sat in front of me the whole time. And she's just listening to all my God stories. She's like, I've missed you so much. And the Lord said, in presence of your enemies, I am preparing a table. In presence of your enemies, I'm preparing a feast. God's not preparing a table in presence of your enemies so they could starve. God's prepared a table in presence of your enemies because you're going to learn to serve them. Because you're going to learn to eat with them. God is bringing restoration to his family. God is bringing healing to his family. And if you simply obey the voice of the Lord and you just take when, I'm not telling you to do anything now. I'm saying when he speaks, obey. And start taking those baby steps. You're going to start experiencing the glory of God. You're going to experience forgiveness. Some of you need to simply start forgiving yourself. Forgive yourself. You think you failed God, and God's like, you didn't fail me. I knew you were going to make those mistakes. Those mistakes are going to be powerful lessons that you're going to teach the world about my mercy, about my grace, about my healing. 
And then God's going to take you to forgive your family. God's going to take you to forgive your bullies. God's taking me on a wild journey. I call it the rampage of love because he began to teach me what love looks like. I don't got it perfect. Uh, some people I'm still working on. But the thing is this. You don't go looking for everybody. Let God reveal to you. God will pop them up in a dream, in a thought, in a vision. If you, if you haven't seen a person in a long time and all of a sudden you're doing something random and they pop in your hand, just say this. Say, God, why do you want to tell that person? And write down what, you, what God is telling you because I promise you in a day or two you're about to see them. Did that ever happen to anybody? You haven't seen a person in a really long time and all, you thought about them and you're like, oh, my God, that's so weird because like two days ago, you popped into my mind, and now I see you. When they pop, a random person, just be like, is there something you want to tell them? Write it down. Put it in a little envelope and put it in your purse. Put it in your car. I promise you, they're, they're about to pop up. And there's going to be people that wounded you, that hurt you, and they're going to pop up into your mind. And it's God wanting to start healing that. It doesn't mean they're going to be your best friend. It doesn't mean you're going to be walking with them for the rest of your life. It means that relationship is reconciled it's healed forgiveness doesn't mean trust Tr forgiveness is free trust must be earned listen trust must be earned it doesn't mean they're going to be your best friend again it means hey i love you and i have no grudges against you i want to bless your ministry i want to bless your family if you ever need me i am available for you if you ever need prayer i'm here for you Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.